Amen. Hey, once again, we are in a study, World Religions, Cults, and the Occult. It is part 13, Charismatic Chaos, part 2. Debbie, it is the tagline. Story, history, I'll take it either way, but we'll try one more time, Lord willing, next time. But that's right, the untold history of the charismatic movement. Why? Because part one, we dealt with a lot of the aberrant beliefs, but unfortunately, how many times we've already seen the aberrant beliefs are still coming up, unfortunately. But throughout the history, what we're doing is we're dispelling this myth that the reason why this is so weird and you don't understand all this is it's the latest movement of God in the last days. No, it's not. It's the same old baloney that the church has been dealing with since the death of the last true apostle, <laughs> John, uh, writing the book of Revelation. Uh, and it's been going all the way down. But anyway, so let's fast forward as we've gone through our recap many a times, but we let's go here into the 1950s with the tent revival, okay? The reason why, because there was two threads of major mega false teaching coming out of the charismatic movement from that and one was the word of faith or word faith movement the name it and claim it the glab brabbit glabbit brabbit whatever it is uh it came out of that and as we saw before that came out of two influential people number one oral roberts and another big guy was this guy william brandon we'll get to him in a second but out of oral roberts okay spawned this word of faith movement on steroids and of course it started with kenneth hagan goes to kenneth copeland i got to get mileage out that Debbie that's a Mr. Creepy there uh, Jesse Duplantis Creflo Dollar interesting last name there Paula White uh, Marilyn Hickey wasn't just guys it was the ladies too unfortunately and then we saw that even these same people are snookering the church the Protestant church into going along with the Roman Catholic Church the Vatican to create a one world religion with this lie called the ecumenical movement now that was bad enough but we've been seeing as of last week the second thread coming out of the 1950s of this tent revival movement was under this guy William Branham which boy what a character he was and all kinds of false teaching right and uh, but he launched something with a couple other guys as we saw in fact here's a picture there of all three of them okay including a guy named Paul came uh, the new apostolic reformation movement or the NAR movement is what we saw last time this uh, heresy uh, that comes out now we saw it's also known by many different names not just the NAR movement or the new apostolic reformation it's also known as dominionism third wave latter rain kingdom now Joel's army manifest sons of God and the charismatic renewal okay and basically the premise is these guys that's right are actual apostles in fact they're not just apostles they are super apostles they're apostles and prophets that are way better than the New Testament true apostles and prophets or the old ones all put together these guys have total arrogance and they believe basically in a nutshell this NAR movement that they with their superpowers are going to overtake the planet in all different areas we'll get into that again tonight and and they are going to do that and when they uh, submit the earth to their rule with these super charismatic powers okay then Jesus can come back it's all on their shoulders. It's absolute heresy and total arrogance, okay? Now, we saw they're seducing young people in this movement. The first way we saw last time was kind of like the social justice, right? That don't you want to be a part of something and, and bring in the great uh, new era of the planet and you could be a part of these special elite core and all that. So youth kind of get sucked into that. We saw that this NAR movement is being th- uh, fed by three different areas. The Toronto Blessing stuff, you can even throw in the Vineyard movement. We dealt with that last time, okay? And then last time, we dealt with the second one, and that's the IHOP. Okay, not the pancake place, Demi. 
International House of Prayer. You go, well, what's wrong with prayer? Well, what we saw with their prayer, uh, it's not one of prayer you want to be a part of, okay? It's all new age baloney. And then we saw that was with a guy named Mike Bickle, okay, that's promoting that. But basically, they're promoting this NAR belief system. Lord willing, next time we'll finish up with Bethel is feeding this and specifically other entities. They're using not just social justice, they're using music, okay, to seduce the young into that as well, okay? Now, before we get into that, what we're going to take a look at tonight is we're going to get into a couple more of these uh, NAR movement leaders. Mike Bickle is not the only one, okay? Now, again, just like this word of faith, we hit quite a few. I can't, that's the tip of the tip of the tip of the iceberg, They're all over there. Men and women are promoting that heresy. And of course, we had to stop. I can't get to all of them. It's impossible. Same thing, believe it or not, with this NAR movement. I can't get to all of them, right? We got to finish this one day. (laughs) There's just so many. So tonight, I'm going to hit some of the more uh, bigger ones or more popular ones, okay? Men and women, just like the word of faith, okay? And then we're just going to have to move on, okay? But that's what we're going to do. But before we do that, uh, let's once again take a look at a warning in the Bible about false teachers, and specifically, not just saying that they would come, so be on the lookout, but what do you need to be on the lookout for, okay? And that's in 1 John 4, 1 John chapter 4 is our opening text, and if you find uh, 1 John, what do you do? You go to chapter 4. That's right. First John chapter 4, page 1932 in my Bible, Debbie. That helps you get there quicker. First uh, John chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. And uh, as you can see there, if it's the same as in your Bible, my headline says, uh, don't ever question nothing because uh, you need to touch not thine the Lord's anointed. And don't you dare question somebody that says they got a word from God. God told me to. No, that's not what it says. It says test the spirits, Right? And of course, you need to be bringing and check it according to the word of God. But let's take a look here is what John says. Dear friends, he says what? Believe everything. No, he says, do not believe every spirit. All right, well, why? Because you need to what? Test them, put them to the test, right? Uh, To see whether or not they're from God. Now, why do we have to do that, right? And this is an order to the church. Why should we have to do that? Because what? Many, what's the word there? Many, not some, not a few. Many false prophets have gone out into the world. Now, again, before we even get into this, what is one of the major core teachings, false teachings of the charismatic movement? That there still are apostles and prophets and how many false teachings and false prophecies have been coming out of these people's mouths? Many, tons of them. There's not only many entities that they're encouraging, but man, there's just so many things coming out of their mouth that's false because many false prophets have gone out in the world. Now, man, if only we had a way to test it, Debbie, and figure out what is, who's the false guy and who's not. We'll keep reading. He says, this is how you can recognize the spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, hey, from God. Now, why? Because Philippians 2, what did Jesus do? He's fully God, but he's fully man. He took on the form of a servant he was born to this world literally it wasn't some symbolic thing right so that's what the bible teaches so that's how you know if they're teaching what the bible teaches certainly about jesus that that's from god why because god doesn't lie god doesn't contradict himself he doesn't speak with a forked tongue he doesn't speak one way one week and the other way the other week okay it's consistent right he says but every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus, okay, is not from God. In fact, this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard is coming and is now already in the world. So the Bible very clearly, again, we've just 
this is one of many passages that tells us, even as Christians, even today, that we need to be on our guard, that you are not to take anything at face value. In fact, if anybody comes to you and says, well, you just need to take my word for it, run, right? right? In fact, how many times do we say here, and I say all the time, don't take my word for it, let's listen to God, open your Bibles, right? That's what we're supposed to do. And that's what the Bible says, okay? But many false prophets have gone in the world, and I'm telling you, I don't know if people get this. This isn't just in the early church when when this command was given. It is so applicable today, and dare I say it's more applicable today than ever because of, again, the charismatic movement. There are so many false apostles and false prophets. They're self-proclaimed. They're not from God, and boy, the fruit is in the pudding, including this movement called the NAR movement right? A lot of these guys out here claim to be apostles and prophets and give prophecies and false prophecies, of course, obviously, because it's not true. But these guys are really hinging upon this charismatic belief, false belief, that there's apostles and prophets today. In fact, they say they're not just regular apostles and prophets. They are super apostles and prophets. That's their terms. I mean, they outdo anybody, okay? And the reason why they say that is because they're the ones that are going to take over the planet by being these super apostles and prophets, and that's how Jesus is coming back at bunch of baloney okay we're going to see that we're going to put it to the test again tonight now let's take a look at some of these people right first we dealt with last week mike bickle ihop okay but now there's another big guy a guy named c peter wagner okay and uh, c peter wagner in fact in case you're wondering boy i tell you what he says right there he's an apostle so he must be one well that's about as legitimate as it gets Okay, as we saw before, you send these people in 600 bucks and they'll send you a certificate saying you're an apostle. Anybody can be an apostle. It's ridiculous, okay? But, you know, he's got that tagline, so he must be an apostle, but no, no, let's put that to the test, all right? You can put that as your label. You can monogram it on your shirt. That doesn't make you an apostle. Now, who is this guy? This guy, I tell you what, and I'll use this word. This guy has brought in some of the biggest false teaching sewage in the history of the church in modern times. And he's done it in two ways, not just with the NAR movement. This guy, have you heard about this? Man, we've hit this so many times, it's not even funny. Have you heard of this thing called the church growth movement that has basically led the church into massive apostasy and people don't preach the word of God anymore? It's just a bunch of fluff and baloney. This guy. Before he started really getting on the bandwagon with the NAR movement, he was preaching this false thing called the church growth movement. He was born in 1930. He died in 2016. He's the founder of several organizations. And again, the first sewage that he started promoting was the church growth movement. Now, we should know that here at Sunrise about that. We've hit that so many times, but by way of recap real quick, what is the church growth movement? The church growth movement is basically, if you want to be a successful church, it's this mindset. If you want to be a successful church, if you want to be a successful pastor, it's not about equipping the flock with the truth. It's not about teaching the Bible. It's all about numbers right because it's like a business right the bigger the business the more product i.e people sitting in the pews the more successful you are as crazy as goofy as that is that's the whole core of the church growth movement that came from that's right mr c peter wagner okay and uh but basically so what do you do well it's all about numbers you don't preach the truth you use secular business ideals you resort to slick marketing techniques and you certainly don't preach on anything that's convicting because you don't people might leave and that would make your numbers go down so and then that's opposite of church growth right the problem is they're looking at numerical growth is the ultimate goal for a church obviously that's not biblical now do we want to grow do we want to reach out to people absolutely but not at the expense of God's truth. 
the number one thing that God says that makes a successful pastor a successful church is not to focus on numerical growth. The focus should be on spiritual growth. And we see that in Matthew 28. Jesus came to them and said, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make professional pew sitters and, and, and have a bunch of people show up. No, he said, go make disciples. How many, we've been in there, our discipleship studies for how many years? I've lost count personally. Okay, but what's that word mean? Disciples, mythetes, discipline learners. So basically go into all the world and make discipline learners. Well, how are you gonna be a discipline learner? You gotta teach the Bible. That's the only way you become a disciple, a disciplined learner. And then when they learn, then they go and teach somebody else and they become a disciple. That's what it means. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I commanded to you. So know the word of God, obey the word of God, get the gospel out, right? That's the great commission, not the grand suggestion, right? But these guys throw that by the wayside. They say, nope, what makes an absolute great service Okay, and a successful church and pastor is, it's all about the numbers. Now, what they have done is basically, uh, they have taken the focus of the church, of why we gather, and they have focused it from the Christian to the lost. Let me explain. The whole focus is, biblically, the Bible says that why we gather together, why do we have a pastor who's a teacher, is because he's to teach the word of God so that the flock will become disciples and go make disciples, right? That you that teaches the word, Ephesians, so that the ministering of the saints, who's the saints? The, 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 the church, it's Christians. When we gather together, we also sing songs in our church services, why? Because that's what is instructions for Christians. So we sing edifying, glorifying songs. We have godly fellowship with one another, the exercising the biblical gifts that are in function for today for the edification of the body, i.e. the church body and the proclaiming of the word to equip the saints. Everything that we do when we gather together is all about the church. They say, no, we need to do everything we need to do for the lost, which means you don't preach the truth you need to dress like the lost. You need to look like the lost. You need to speak like the lost so the lost will feel comfortable, okay? In fact, let me give you a, a breakdown of some of the things that are uh, the church growth movement real quick. And again, this came from who? That's right, Mr. C. Peter Wagner. We haven't got to the new apostolic reformation yet. This came from this guy. He was one of the big promoters of this baloney, okay? Now, let's take a look. The church growth movement, the primary goal, they say, is numerical growth. The Bible says, Ephesians 4, 11 through 16, the goal of the church is spiritual growth. Preach the truth, equip the saints, right? That's the primary goal. The pastor's primary role, the church growth movement says, is as an encourager who makes people feel good, right? So that they'll come back. Everybody likes to be, you know, stroked and made feel nice and wow, you look great and come back and learn to be a better you and how to be financially successful. I'll keep showing up for that, right? That's what they say. No, the Bible says your role is as a teacher, you teach the word of God, Ephesians chapter four. CGM, believe it or not, says the style of music is to be what the culture likes and what's pleasing to them. That's why you gotta have a laser light show, fog machines and all this other stuff, lights, action, camera. That's why you gotta look like a concert. You gotta dim all the lights and all you can see is just these people in a spotlight. And all. Why? Because it's just like a concert. Why would you do that? Because that's what the world is used to. See, it's all about them. That's not what the Bible says. It's crazy, right? The Bible says the style of music is to be from the heart what's glorifying to God. It's the context is the church, right? You're not to emulate the lost. They say the means of evangelism is to use marketing techniques to draw people inside instead of going out into the community, right? So again, we're supposed to get equipped, the Bible says, and, and, and then we go out after we get equipped to go make disciples. 
You don't, you don't cater everything to the lost. Now, if they are here, you certainly want to witness to them, give the gospel. Okay, but the primary reason why we gather as a church is for us to be equipped. Then we go out. They say, no, everything's designed for the lost, the services, every aspect, the look, the feel, everything. Oh, and by the way, uh, everything's gonna be designed so that they feel comfortable. It has nothing to do with teaching the word of God. Again, this all came from that guy. He says, sermons should only contain positive messages, not negative ones about hell, God's wrath, certainly prophecy, hatred towards sins. Why? Because that will make the lost what? leave they won't come and if your desire is church growth and that's your new paradigm is all about numerical growth not spiritual growth which is heresy then that's going to be counterproductive right and again this all sounds familiar because this is what this used to be an aberrant in the church when this first came out uh, in the early 90s when i became familiar with it when i got saved now it's the norm and it's being preached top down from seminary this is why people do this stuff. It's called the church growth movement. It's a lie. They, but the Bible says sermons are to preach the whole counsel of God, not just part of it. You're supposed to teach all the Bible, okay? But again, that's just, we've dealt with this before in other studies, but I want to give you an idea. Before we even get into the NAR movement, this guy is a sewer pipe of false teachings, this Mr. So-called Apostle, uh, and he's not, C. Peter Wagner, okay? But he also promoted, of course, uh, the false teachings of the NAR movement. Now, he also got involved into seminaries, okay, teaching this baloney. It became in vague, and I'm talking about the church growth movement. He served for 30 years as the professor of church growth at Fuller Theological Seminary, right? So infecting everybody that went through there with this baloney, okay? Uh, he also teamed up with, right, John Wimber. Remember him from last time from the Vineyard Movement, the founder of Vineyard Movement that says, we ain't got nothing left to compete with the world. That's why we got to do all this weird stuff. Remember that interview? I couldn't believe he actually said that out of his mouth. But that's their premise. So, so, so C. Peter Wagner teamed up with that guy to quote, uh, the, uh, to produce a course at that seminary called Signs and Wonders and Church Growth. <laughs> it's just crazy, right? So you see that merging already going on. He authored 80 books. Uh, he found, he was the founding president of what's called Global Harvest Ministries. And he, he, he was all about training, quote, reformers to bring about a global movement of transformation. Well, mission accomplished. You have now transformed the church into a bunch of heresy apostate churches who refuse to teach the word of God. It's nuts. So I really think this guy, amongst others of the church growth movement, but he was a big part of it, uh, was one of the reasons why we're seeing so much apostasy in the church today. Not, I'm not even talking the charismatic element. I'm just talking this whole apostasy where it's just a bunch of fluff, a bunch of baloney. And you go there, it's like, what is this, a circus? What is this, a show? What, what, can I get the word of God? No, you'll never get the word of God because it ain't about you anymore. It's flipped on its head. It's all about the lost. It's all about numbers, okay? That's where it came from. Uh, he's also teaming up again with other uh, uh, NAR movement. This is where he's gonna start to get into this. So it's bad enough he did the church growth movement. Now he starts to promote the NAR movement, the New Apostolic uh, Reformation. Uh, and he began to team up with some other people we're gonna get in our list. Uh, one of them is Cindy Jacobs, we'll see in a little bit. And they began to promote this uh, across America as well, this NAR movement belief system, uh, Pentecostal charismatic churches. He is actually the one that uh, coined this phrase, if you heard of it, uh, the third wave of the Holy Spirit was C. Peter Wagner describing this new movement supposedly that we're gonna take over the earth. He also promoted, as we saw last time, the seven mountains of dominionism, 
Let me hit that a little bit again. The seven mountain, they also call it, there's got all kinds of buzz phrases with this stuff. They also call it the 7M mandate. Seven mountains, if you see that in print, that's what they're talking about. And again, these are the seven things they need to take over on the planet before Jesus can come back with their super apostle abilities. Bunch of baloney, right? Now the seven R, in case you haven't heard of them, the seven M, seven mountains they got to take over is education, religion, family, business, government slash military, art slash entertainment, and the media. They also have terms for these mountains. They're called the pillars, the shapers, the molders, the spheres, and those who follow this mandate that we got to take over all these different areas, spheres, pillars, mandates, mountains, before Jesus can come back, they call their, their phrase that they use is they speak of occupying the mountains or invading the culture or transforming society. When you hear that come out of these people's mouths, that's what they're talking about. We are marching through all sectors of society with our super apostle abilities. And if you want to be an apostle too, give us 600 bucks. We'll send your certificate. Join the movement because we've got to take the planet back before Jesus can come up and, and come back to the planet. It's nuts. It's heresy. Okay, uh, the new apostolic reformation with its self-appointed keyword there, self-appointed prophets and apostles, uh, uh, is based on again where they get this. It ain't from the Bible. They get it because God told me to tell you because they're a prophet. I had a vision. I had a dream, and that's what they're basing all this stuff on. Okay, they claim to have direct revelation from God. They deny sola scriptura. It's the Bible alone. They says no. Nope, I got something outside the Bible. Okay, and according to the 7M theology, Jesus again will only return when this whole planet, quote, mirrors the kingdom of God. That's how inflated of an idea they are of themselves. They are so powerful, these super apostles, supposedly, right, that they're going to basically create heaven here on earth. And then Jesus can come back. Arrogance, heresy to the highest degree. Now, what they don't realize is this idea parallels, guess what? Shocker, how many times have we seen this? New age, right? That's what the new age believes, right? That you're going to take over the planet and create what? The age of Aquarius. Remember our 12-week new age study? Hmm? I'm sure you got that memorized. Uh, yeah, sure. Pastors can dream. They can dream. They can dream. They can dream. But anyway, the new age study, right? That, the age of Aquarius, right? The age of utopia is going to come in. We're going to usher in this wonderful, mo- they're twisting of the millennial kingdom. We're going to bring all that to, that's, that's new age, right? And that's basically what they're saying. Yes, Christians will be lights of the world, Matthew chapter five, uh, but there is no biblical requirement to take the helm of all the world systems in order to usher in Christ's kingdom. Contraire, if you read the Bible, the Bible says that the world will actually grow worse, not better, in the last days. Second Peter three uh, uh, and Second Timothy three. Not to mention, the church will go into apostasy. Read your Bible; it's the exact opposite of what these guys say. But who cares? I got a word from God. He told me to tell you because I'm a super apostle. See Peter Wagner, of course. Uh, he's with all kinds of false teaching. Let me give you a couple of other buzzwords that they use in this movement. They have something that they call spiritual mapping. Okay, I don't know if you heard of that before. I've heard it a few times. Spiritual mapping. Well, that sounds that sounds amazing. Okay, but basically what they're saying is they need to quote break spiritual strongholds in different communities around the world. Okay, uh, of these quote territorial spirits. Okay. 
which involves casting out demons of individuals or supposed demons that have taken over that area and the, they with their super apostle abilities need to go into that area of society or that area of that city or that territory and, and, and they, they, as they spiritually map this out they can go in there and they could rebuke that spirit and they could take over that little piece of dominion and then they take over that little piece and they could go map over here and they could take over this and piece by piece they're going to demonically rebuke all these spirits out and they're going to take it over this is nuts but that's what they believe that's their, that's how high they think of themselves and but that's kind of like the the spiritual uh mapping uh in the nar listen to this this is total arrogance the new apostolic reformation including c peter wagner these prophets and apostles false prophets false prophets uh alone have the power they believe and authority to execute God's plans and purposes on earth. Listen to that. I mean, you're starting to sound like the Pope, the Pope who believes he's the vicar in place of Christ, and that what he says is as good as the Bible, which is heresy. But so they say they alone have the power to execute God's plans. God doesn't need you. He's God, right? They believe, listen, they are laying the foundation for a global church. Listen, here's the key Boy, doesn't people's pride like this. They, they, they are laying the foundation for a global church governed by them. Right? So you better hurry up and send in your 600 bucks to become apostle if you want to rule on the planet. Right? In order to also help Jesus to come back. Heresy, heresy, heresy. So again, see Peter Wagner. We not only dealt with Mike Bickle, the IHOP connection, but see Peter Wagner for a long time. Again, passed away in 2016. He also taught this heresy of the NAR movement. Now, the second guy we're going to take a look at is this guy, Rick Joyner, big, huge uh, NAR false prophet, okay? And uh, I'm going to make a statement here. I'm going to quote him. Uh, you can't make this stuff up, okay? Let me, I'll just, uh, but he's a public speaker. He's an author. Quote, despite no formal training at Bible college or theological seminary, anybody see a pattern here with this movement? Okay, he's, <laughs> and I quote, he says he was asked to pastor a small church back in the day. He pastored it until 1980 when he left the ministry because he explained his words, and I quote, I was the worst pastor I ever known. <laughs> what? <laughs> you can't make this up. Okay, but somehow we're to take his word as he said, the worst pastor I've ever known He's an apostle, and he's here to help take over the planet. Trust him. Whatever he says is as good as gold. You got to be kidding. I, you can't make this stuff up. Now, he and his wife, Julie, founded something called Morning Star Ministries in Mississippi. Uh, then they launched Morning Star Publications. In 2004, they purchased the Heritage USA Complex. Why does that sound familiar? That was the complex that originally Jim Baker had back in the PTL, praise the Lord, days before he got Cotton, unfortunately, he's back at it again. We're going to see him tonight. <sighs> okay, but they bought that and they renamed it to Heritage International Ministries Conference Center. Then he launched what's called Kingdom Business Association in the same complex. Remember why? Because they've got to they've got to get all these different seven areas of society. They got to take them over their super apostle powers before Jesus come back, and they are going to be ruling the planet. Now, again, uh, he said he was the worst pastor ever but somehow we're supposed to believe him when he says he's an apostle and he's a prophet. Uh, rather, the Bible says, don't listen 
to these guys. These guys are false prophets. Let's take a look at this. Hebrews 1, 1 and 2 says, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed the heir of all things, through whom also He created the world. That's something to keep in mind anytime someone says that God told them something. Everything we could ever want to hear God say has already been said in the Bible. God spoke through His prophets who gave us the Old Testament, and in these last days He has spoken through His Son, Jesus Christ, whose apostles gave us the New Testament. Now, the Bible is not just an old book of what God said in the past. When we read the book of Hebrews, the writer quotes the Old Testament as something God is saying to us right now. We read in Hebrews 4.12 that the Word of God is living and active. God does speak to us. He speaks through the scriptures. He does not speak to us through visions or inner voices. If a person says to you, God told me, what comes next should be a passage from the Bible. Otherwise, what they're claiming is that the subjective voice they heard in their head is equally as reliable and authoritative as the Bible. Proverbs 28.26 says, whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool. Proverbs 3.5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Psalm 119 says that God's word is firmly fixed. It is by His Word we can test all other words. As Justin Peters has said, if you want to hear God speak to you, read the Bible. If you want to hear Him speak to you out loud, read the Bible out loud. What a concept. And if everybody would stick to that basic biblical truth and rule, right, then we wouldn't have all this baloney. We wouldn't have all this false teaching, false apostles, and false prophets, and all this baloney that's going on today. But that's not what these guys uh, are promoting, Okay, as we've been seeing now again, not just with uh, uh, C. Peter Wagner, but with this Rick Joyner. Okay, the worst pastor ever, according to his words. But somehow we need to listen to him when he says God told me to tell you. No, if you want a word from God, where do you go? Right here. And I love that from Justin Peters. If you want to hear a word of God out loud, read it out loud. Okay, that, I don't need to hear from these guys. This, that's all extra biblical. That's outside the word of God. And anytime, 100% of the time, you get outside the word of God, I don't care how many alligator tears were attached to it. I don't care what kind of experience. I don't care if you shook and looked like you were in a blender or something. With all due respect, that doesn't make it from God. You're outside the Bible, and what comes next is going to be heresy. And sure enough, that's their belief system. That's what's promoting. And that's what's coming from Rick Joyner as well. He's a false teacher and he's a false prophet. Okay. Uh, many people who bought into this, uh, again, are coming from the same, uh, same root. And uh, again, he's got no training, no whatever. He's the worst pastor ever. But people said, well, we think he's an apostle. I mean, can you imagine your credentials are on, well, they think I am. It's nuts, and that, that's, all, that's all the deeper it goes, okay? But let me give you uh, uh, some evidence of that. Uh, uh, many Christian apologists, listen to this direct quote, rightly consider Rick Joyner, quote, to be one of the most unsound and dangerous teachers around. Why? Because when you're, you already admitted you're the worst pastor ever, and then you're just, people think I'm an apostle. I guess I are one right? And then all your things are coming from your head. I had a vision. I had a dream. God told me to tell you what's going to come 100% of the time. If you're relying 100% of the time on that, 100% of the time is heresy is going to come out of your mouth. That's why they say this guy is a sewer pipe, quote, one of the most unsound and dangerous teachers around. His air-filled, unorthodox teachings include, but are not limited to, the NAR, Kingdom Now, Dominion Theology, extra-biblical revelation, and the denial of the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. Woo, what do you say? What did we just read in our text, 1 John 4? 
If, you, if you're out there preaching the wrong Jesus, then what? You ain't from God, right? False prophet, that's key right there. Don't believe everything. Put it to the test. If they got the wrong Jesus, the wrong, it's, it's over. Cut it. Drop it. Run from these people. Unfortunately, they don't. Uh, but that's even more. He also slips into teachings that, quote, are very similar and would welcome Jehovah's Witnesses. When it comes to Jesus, quote, this is from Rick, Rick Joyner. Jesus was, is not a man. He was and is spirit. What? Okay, so, so now you're denying uh, this aspect, the humanity of Jesus, okay? And then they say he's not only very similar and would be very welcome to Jehovah's Witnesses in his false teachings, but also to Gnosticism which also uh, denied these things. Uh, one of the most threatening heresies of the early church was Gnosticism. Remember that was what we saw last time? Gnosis, secret knowledge. And that's what this whole movement's all about. We've got secret knowledge and secret powers that only we know because only we have that, that secret connection with God. And you need to listen to us to get this secret Gnostic knowledge. Same thing. Uh, and so this whole movement basically is warmed over Gnosticism. But Gnosticism uh, and Docetism denies Christ's true humanity by saying that Christ only appeared to have a physical body. This is what this guy's preaching, teaching, right? Okay, uh, and as one guy said, surely no true prophet of God would deny the human nature of Christ or that Jesus uh, is in a resurrected, glorified body. But he's, again, not just a false teacher, false apostle, he's a false prophet, because these guys uh, not only proclaim things that are false in the Bible, uh, but false prophecies. Shocker. Okay, once again, let me just give you a couple of them. In the late 1990s, it was Rick Joyner who jumped on, that's right, the, uh, uh, this uh, bandwagon of, remember Y2K? Right? Remember, remember that thing? And boy, everything just shut down because of that, right? No, not at all. Okay, but he said that God told me, he claimed that the Lord said, that we are going to observe the problems with Y2K and the Y2K is going to be a catastrophe that will, and the catastrophe that it will cause in the natural world will be a reflection of the problems that we have in the body of Christ. Well, guess what? Nothing happened. But he said, quote, God told me to tell you this. That's a false prophecy. That's a heresy. You're a heretic. And why people, that was in the late 1990s, 1999, right? Okay, why didn't, why didn't people shut him off? That's been 20 years ago. Why is this guy still going? It's, it's crazy because people don't read the Bible and they don't follow the Bible. He also joined up with Bob Jones out of the Kansas City prophets we saw last time. And of course, he's given all kinds of prophetic words to people. Uh, listen to this. This is nuts. Uh, one of them was in uh, 1997. And these guys are famous for judgment prophecies. I can't tell you. Uh, every, I've been here in Vegas almost nine years and every year, uh, you know, invariably sometime during the year, I'm going to get an email or something from somebody or multiple people saying, just got to tell you, Pastor Bill, I'm really concerned about your safety because, because did you hear about prophet so-and-so? They had this dream and they had a dream that a nuclear bomb is going to go off in Vegas. You're going to die. Run, Pastor Billy, run. They say, every year without fail since I've been here, somebody's told me that God told me or some prophet told me and they heard from prophet so-and-so that God told, and you better be careful, Billy, just please, man, run and at least make it up to Reno. (laughs) Get out of there. (laughs) It never happens. These guys do the same thing, these judgment prophecies. America, this is the year America's going down. I mean, it's been saying that. Now, I believe eventually America will go down, 
but it ain't because of these guys every year saying this. But let me, let me get this. They're, they, they're out there saying that, quote, L.A., Los Angeles, of course, you've got to pick the big centers, San Francisco, L.A., and all that stuff, yeah, and uh, uh, is to be leveled by earthquakes, right? And this is uh, December 31st, 1997. Now, not only did that not happen, but L.A. is on the West Coast, right? When all this calamity, this judgment of God's going to pour out, God told me to tell you this prophecy, not only did it not happen, but it just so happened at the same time, Joyner was selling cabins on the East Coast when he was saying, you better get out of the West Coast. And that's kind of convenient, don't you think? Nuts. Absolutely nuts. He's not only a, f- a false prophet, he's a false teacher. He lacks discernment. He strongly, listen to this, it gets even worse. He strongly dis- discourages Christians from obeying the scripture when it talks about applying biblical principles of discernment. You know, like what we just read. Not only the Berean passage, who didn't even take the apostle, the real apostle, Paul's word for it. They were commended because they said, okay, that's cool, but we want to verify this according to the Bible, the Bereans. We use that all the time. Be a Berean, be a Berean, right? Check it out. Look at the Bible. What's God say? We just read First John 4. Don't, don't take anybody's word for it. I don't care who they are, what they say. I'm a apostle. I'm a prophet. No, no. You test it, right? Don't take, you know what he says? Don't you dare do that. Listen to what he says. He attempts to, first of all, silence his critics of his ministry teachings and these false teachings that he supports, including the NAR, by suggesting that his critics have a Jezebel spirit. No, no, no. They have a religious spirit. That's why they don't get it. It's like, not just so, what? anyway. And still further, he warns, listen, that cult, direct quote, cult research is dangerous and ought not to be pursued. What do you mean it's not to be pursued? I would want to know what characteristics of a cult are so I don't fall for it, including a cult leader. Why would he tell people specifically you shouldn't do that? Unless, of course, you're part of a cult yourself and you don't want people to find out. It's crazy, right? Thus, according to Joyner, to be discussing the scriptures and comparing truth to the scriptures or what people say is the truth of the scriptures, to be a brand uh, is uh, not allowed. You are to purposely go into darkness. Now, again, back to Jehovah's Witnesses with our study we did on Jehovah's Witnesses. What's one thing that they tell their people to do? Only stick with what they say. Only stick with the Watchtower Society. Don't you listen to those uh, other people. They are what? Apostates. And if they try to give you a track, if they try to give you a Bible, their Bible, uh, unlike the, you know, their perverted you know, uh, translation, uh, if they give you anything, you are to immediately throw it away. Don't look at it. In fact, they don't even want their followers, Jehovah's Witnesses, to even go on the internet. Remember that? Because they don't want people finding out that they're a cult and it's false teaching. He's doing the same thing. Saying, no, 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 you just need to listen to me. Listen to us super apostles, right? Don't go out there. Those, those people have a Jezebel spirit. No, that's a religious spirit. That's why they don't get it, right? You just stick with us, right? You don't, don't look at what cults are. Don't you dare look at that. You know, that's bad for you. It's crazy, okay? And of course, he promotes, obviously, uh, the NAR movement, Latter Rain, Manifest Sons of God, uh, and of course, they're super apostles. Uh, but listen, in Joyner's world, listen, Christians who oppose this, quote, new thing God is doing, that's how they describe themselves, this new third wave, this new movement of God, 
that is so super important that it has to happen and take over the planet before Jesus can come back. This new thing, no, it's old-fashioned heresy, false teaching from Satan is what it is. But he says, anybody who opposes this, you are in trouble and we are to be viewed as, quote, hordes of hell. Now, isn't that another thing that cults do? Remember what they They not only uh, uh, tell them, don't you dare look anywhere else. You only trust us but they scare them with fear. Don't you go there, man. You'll, you'll die. You'll go straight to hell. Those people of doom, your family be destroyed. <sighs> He's doing the same thing. Absolutely crazy, okay, with that guy. Now, that's just a couple of guys. Again, I can't get to everybody, but you're starting to see a little bit of a pattern here. Let's get to some of the ladies because it, just like the Word of Faith movement, it's not just guys. Unfortunately, it's ladies too. And apparently, again, just like C. Peter Wagner, if you put that name apostle there, that makes you one. I are one because I got a promotional picture of myself that says apostle. Okay. <laughs> and I paid my 600 bucks. Apparently, I don't know. Uh, but this is Cindy Jacobs is who this is. If you're familiar with her, she's still out there spewing forth heresy. Uh, she is the president of an organization called, that's right, here it is, Generals of Intercession. Wow, that sounds very dramatic. And on her website, in case you don't know, okay, and you didn't get it by her incredible promotional picture there that says apostle. She's not just an apostle. She's a prophet. And she ain't just a prophet. She is, quote, prophetess to the nations. Right? See, see not, not, not just, you know, a section of the planet, to the whole planet. Do you see how inflated these people are? But you can see, that's what they're doing. They're an apostle. They're a prophet. They have these superpowers. They're going to take over the planet. They're going to cast out all these demons from these territory spirits and get rid of them. They're going to take over the planet one piece at a time nuts so that's who she's a so-called prophetess to the nations and uh and of course she identifies with the rest of the the nar uh baloney uh her teachings uh are emphasized again by the emphasis on spiritual warfare extra biblical theology what's that mean you're going outside the bible god told me to tell you i had a dream had a vision uh and of course she's worked with that's the one i mentioned earlier with c peter wagner so she's been involved in this for a long time Okay, in fact, he was a member uh, on her board of the Generals of Intercession, so they work together, okay? Uh, she's deeply involved in all kinds of aberrant and heretical movements, let alone false teachings, okay? Uh, in fact, let me just give you some uh, more absurd things, just to give you an idea. Uh, she, again, has these claims to be an apostle prophet, and, uh, but she's, just to give you an idea of what she throws out there, it's ridiculous, uh, did you know that she prophesied concerning the Leviathan spirit? What's that? You just made that up. There is no such thing. God told me to tell you there's a, there's a spirit of pew on you sitting right there, Reed, and you better wash it off right now. It's inhibiting your walk with Christ. Right? You need to send in 600 bucks and be a super apostle and get rid of that spirit of pew. All of you. It's nuts. They're just making this up as they go. But again, isn't that what we saw before in Second Peter? With stories they made up. That's what they're doing. As we saw on the video, if somebody comes to you and says, God told me, what comes next better be a Bible verse. But no, what are they doing? Visions, dreams. I had this feeling, oh. And they're just making this stuff up as they go. Wait till you see the new spiritual warfare word that she made up. I'll get to that in a second. But here's another one. Did you know she also did another prophecy of, quote, a coming civil war in America between the sheep states and the goat states? All right, which states would those be? And how do you define that? And 
how are you supposed to test that? And what, who gave you, and, and that's another thing. Not only destructions, America's going to burn, Las Vegas is going to blow up nuclear bomb every single year, but it's always civil war, martial law. And eventually I think there is going to be some calamity, but that's going to be leading up in the, in the seven-year tribulation. But it ain't because these guys are prophesying it. False prophecies every year. Let me give you another one. Did you know that she had a a recollection of, quote, being healed from a Native American cannibalism curse? (gasps) (laughs) Now you're just stringing stuff along, man, right? And how is that not racist, Debbie? American, cannibals, we call them cannibals, right? It's it's nuts. Or how to bind demonic uh, territorial spirits, you know, she's, you can learn from her. And she told once of how, quote, an angel once gave her an international calling card. This is ridiculous. You're just making this up. She's a false teacher, false prophet, false apostle. Okay, now, let me give you an idea. She just makes this stuff up, but that's what they do. They come up with these phraseologies. You might throw in a, like a, the, the word Leviathan does appear in the Bible in the Old Testament, the book of Job, but there's no spirit of Leviathan. What are you talking about? It's ridiculous, right? You, 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 you had this recollection. I had this feeling of, I, I got delivered from this curse of Native American cannibalism. You just, you're ma- I kid you not, she was recently on the Jim Baker show and God told her a new word that you need to use in case you're experiencing spiritual warfare. It's nuts. Watch this. This is crazy. And the Lord says to me, Basta. And I, so I'm asking my driver, what does Basta mean? And, Mondo? I can't believe God speaks to you in Spanish. He did. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, no hay problema. That's that me. I'm for Jews that God speaks Spanish. I love it. It's the heavenly it's, language. It's now the I language can go to of heaven. heaven. That's right. It means fed up. No more. That's what it means. Basta. Yeah. Wait, enough. Let's... Okay, yes. wait, what? wait. Now, Boston, Johnson, like, okay. Enough. It means enough. Yes. He's fed up. Fed He's up. saying God Say it is in Spanish. Basta. Do it. You're ya here. basta. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally, that's like Bishop just said. I mean, uh, that when the enemy comes in like a flood, yes. what you do is say, Basta. I have a word. Woo. Wow. So they we can hear this. And, this in, and basta means the same in Italian. And then the Lord also spoke to me just recently. I gave a word and the Lord said, there is a spirit of delay that is coming against the body of Christ to try to wear them out. Daniel 7, 25. So they don't get their dreams fulfilled. That's That's the only way it'll happen is if you're so emotionally tired, you are so depressed, you are so weary, you are so worn out and it's demonic Weariness. Listen to me. This is demonic weariness. This is not of God. It is satanic. I feel the anointing of God on me right now. And so I we just say spirit of delay, basta. (laughs) You're not stopping the vision. You're not stopping my finances. You're not stopping what God wants to do through Jim Baker. Basta! No, I'm not hearing you, Jim Baker, because you're a false teacher as well. Can you believe that? Now, if you're actually experiencing spiritual warfare, genuine spiritual warfare, not the spirit of delay, what kind of generic goofball term is that? What do you mean spirit of delay, right? 
But if you're, what's the scripture say? You want to speak a name? You better be speaking the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the only name under heaven that has the power uh, for men to be saved uh, and also that demons must cower, obey, and flee. What's with this basta thing? God told you, basta, that's that's the new spiritual warfare, basta. So Debbie, I got to thinking about it. You're going to make up a word to supposedly help people in times of trouble? I'm going to make up a word. You know what you need to do every time when you come across one of these people? These false teachers, false prophets, these NAR moving people, you need to speak a word. You need to point at them, look them straight in the eye and go, whack-a-doodle, whack-a-doodle, whack-a-doodle. Or, or say it, just say it, whack-a-doodle, whack-a-doodle. Nuts. Might as well say whack-a-doodle or basta. It's just nuts. Can you believe this? And people follow this and they listen to this. There's no biblical basis whatsoever, okay? Okay, but anyway, so uh, that's uh, what we got. Cindy Jacobs, of course, obviously false teacher, false apostle, and false prophet. She falsely prophesied against all kinds of things. Uh, She prophesied that New Zealand would discover huge mineral reserves, and the economy would boom, and as a result of the funds that would be provided for the church to send out many missionaries all over the world. Doesn't that sound great? The problem is, guess what? Never happened. In fact, the week she gave this so-called prophecy, the New Zealand dollar actually fell and New Zealand's economy is still in the doldrums and there's no sign of any mineral reserves. Quote, she's the false prophet. (laughs) So why do you keep having her on your show? Because this is your whole paradigm, right? This book is apparently no good anymore. We need something better, right? so that God can tell us to make all this stuff up, including basta, pasta, wackadoodle, whatever. So she also says that she sees a, listen to this, a revival for Mormons. Wait a second. Mormons don't need a revival. Mormons need to be saved. Mormons are not Christians. Revival is for the people of God. What are you talking about? They need to be witnessed to right? They're following a false gospel, right? She speaks of, quote, God giving instant sex change operations to transvestites. In case you're wondering. She notes that the anointing of the Holy Spirit now resides in her left arm. In case you're wondering which one to shake if you ever run into her and say, wackadoodle. Point at the left arm, Debbie, when you say wackadoodle. Uh, just as a side note, why wham? Uh, youth with a mission uh, is selling her books not a good sign for that organization uh, she prophesied that Zimbabwe would be the breadbasket of Africa that was 10 years ago how's it coming along that's not happening either uh, she sees herself not only as the lead US national apostle but again she's the prophetess to the nations the whole world needs to listen to her Boston 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 wackadoodle Wackadoodle. Uh, and again, she uh, makes these statements for the whole world. That's how inflated she is. She tells her followers that her faith once caused a woman to regrow a cheekbone in seconds and that she was able to self-heal a grape-sized tumor caused by Satan. Really? Where's the proof for this? There never is, is there? She also had a prophecy for the Philippines and uh, she gave a wide two-year time frame for the prophecy. And not only that, she gave it, you know, okay, no, spe- and again, that's what these people do. They don't give specifics. It is, and this is what the psychics do. We've seen before. It's all just generalities that just about anything can fall in there, right? For instance, if I were to say, well, Debbie, we finally got out of lockdown, and uh, that means you get to go anywhere you want in Las Vegas with over two million plus people. And Debbie... 
the Lord told me to tell you that when you're going throughout Vegas, you're going to see somebody you never saw before. How's that? Now, is that a word from God or what? There's no spirit of delay in that. <laughs> now, that's what they do. It's generalities, right? But, so that's what she's doing with this Philippine problem. In, in uh, two years, uh, you know, why don't, why don't you give us an exact day? That's the stuff that God does. He tells specifics. Two years, there's going to be all these different kind of calamities, uh, including like a, a, a tsunami or, or a tidal wave. And what are the odds an island country is going to have storms and calamities and maybe even a tsunami or, or, or some sort of a storm like that? Yeah, it happens all the time, right? So she picks something with a, a broad range, right, uh, it, it, that just about anything can do that. Now, that's what these people do right they just pick stuff they make it up they pick bland stuff up and uh and i I like this video that i came across that kind of shows the different ways they just snooker people including her uh with these bland made up uh baloney prophecies but let's take a look at that first john 4 1 says beloved do not believe every spirit but test the spirits to see whether they are from god for many false prophets have gone out into the world god has revealed his truth through his prophets and apostles who gave us the bible it is by that word we test all other words here are four kinds of false prophecies to look out for the first is bonkers random made-up nonsense like when jennifer leclaire wrote about a squid spirit there's no such sneaky squid spirit stalking saints in scripture a second kind of false prophecy is the blandishment empty promises that stir up false hopes. While you were worshiping, God just changed your whole financial situation. I don't know who that's for, but I'm I'm rejoicing with one of those college students. That's the kind of stuff psychics and fortune tellers do. It's not of God. A third false prophecy is bleary, just vague predictions. This is something the Holy Spirit has spoken to us. And so the word of the Lord for 2017 is the breakthrough year. Very exciting. That could mean literally anything. The fourth false prophecy is busted. Very specific predictions that are total failures. The Spirit tells me Fidel Castro will die in the 90s. Then you can combine all four and you have a prophecy bomb. I don't know what's going to happen on September 23rd, 2017. But whatever it is, it's going to be something big for the nation of Israel. In Deuteronomy, it says, how do we know the Lord is not spoken? When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the word does not come to pass or come true, it's not from God. And the penalty for false prophets is death. Yeah, once again, these people should be celebrating. We're no longer the under the old covenant. Because uh, the very first time they get something wrong, which they do all the time, multitude times, you would be stoned to death. And that's not with marijuana. That's with rocks until you... A die okay uh, but once again just like Kenneth Copeland these guys the NAR movement did you know that Cindy Jacobs has decreed cor- the coronavirus illegal a week ago she's the prophetess to the nations and she says it's illegal now again real quick a bunch of people are out there doing this in this same movement Bethel's affiliated pastor Sean Boltz declared a prophecy that God had ended the virus as one person said apparently Bethel didn't get the memo Uh, Rodney Howard Brown promised to bind the coronavirus from the United States. That didn't happen. Jim Baker claimed his venereal disease ointment also heals the coronavirus. He actually got in trouble with the authorities uh, for selling that. Uh, Rick Wiles claimed that Christians are immune altogether. Well, that's not true. Pat Robertson claimed that his gut health booklet will make you immune to the virus. That's not true. A charismatic prophet from New Zealand claimed that all Christians were immune to the coronavirus. Well, that didn't happen either. Uh, another prophet declared that the Republican states were immune to the virus. 
That's not happening. And Ken Copeland, as we saw last time, he not only said that he both his superpowers caused the virus to stop on uh, uh, March 29th, which obviously didn't happen, but he said touching his hand through the television would heal the coronavirus. That didn't work either. Lou Engel told his followers that a three-day fast can cure the coronavirus, and another Bethel prophetess claims that she decreed and declared that the coronavirus is, uh, is away from the world for good. Well, that didn't happen either. And again, Cindy Jacobs is now out there saying she has ordered it to cease and desist supposedly by her super apostle powers. What a bunch of baloney and dare I say a bad, rotten, horrible witness because the world is watching us laughing and mocking at us and we get lumped into it. Real quick, one more lady as we get ready to close is this lady. I don't have much time to get into her, but you're seeing a pattern here. Men and women, this bunch of baloney. She's uh, uh, Stacy Campbell. That's her husband, Wes. And uh, she's supposedly, God can speak to her to speak to us. You don't need the Bible. Uh, she's the founder of the Canadian Prophetic uh, Council. And again, the Apostolic Council of Prophetic Elders, uh, working with Cindy Jacobs. You know, so they're all in the same kind of camp. And uh, they have this thing that they have out there uh, called the Shiloh Company. And that is, if you feel that you're one of these special apostles and prophets in these last days that can help take over the planet, then you come to them and you get signed up with their Shiloh company and they will help you to uh, minister in this so-called prophetic gift and that you can function better as a prophet and help them take over the, yeah, exactly, it's kind of going to cost, right? And, and you could be one of the leaders in the seven mountains taking it over in the planet and join the, it's a bunch of baloney. Now, what she's most famous for, if you don't know that, she's the NRA movement, but she's the so-called prophet or prophetess or so-called apostle, whatever, who God not only supposedly speaks to her, and we don't need the Bible, but when he speaks to her, she can't stop shaking her head. Let's take a look at that. Stacy Campbell, this is the better looking part between Wes and Stacy, and the, by far the more anointed. No, I'm just teasing, but very anointed person. And what I felt the Lord say is that Christianity is a love story. It is a story of the love of God to man. It is a story of love between man and God. And it is a story of love between men and men. And then every time you see displays of God, whether they be prophecy, it is God speaking to man out of his love because he loves the people that he has created. We need to go here and take this part of our city and it's never been taken before. I was in the room. When the Holy Spirit first fell on David Roos like that, God began to talk to us about a move of the Spirit that would come. But when we were in our 20s, he said that the greatest move that we would ever see would come upon the children behind us, the generation behind us. I had another son. My son broke his neck.
I wonder how he broke his neck, Reed. I don't even want to do it. That's disturbing. <laughs> you know you want to say it. Didn't God give you the word? Whack-a-doodle. Whack-a-doodle. I know you want to say it. Okay, I'm going to give you, uh, I, I can't get into all of them. Let me just call out some names real quick. Some other people that are doing the same baloney. Todd White, Heidi Baker, Lou Engel, Randy Clark, Michael Brown, supposedly a doctor, uh, John Arnett, Patricia King, on and on it goes. It's a bunch of baloney. It's all from the same camp. You're getting the idea. Unfortunately, not only did the word of faith come out of these tent revivals from the charismatic movement in the 1950s, but also came this NAR movement that you're seeing uh, with all this other baloney as well. But let me give you a final quote and a final encouraging video and we're done. One guy says this, listen, here's what you need to understand. The final quote about the NAR movement. He says, if you've been a part of a church that adheres to the new apostolic reformation, signs and wonders teachings, there's a good chance that you have nagging doubts and concerns that keep popping up somewhere in the back of your head. That's actually good. For example, you've been told something like this. The Christian who gets baptized in the Holy Spirit speaks in gibberish and then jumps on board with this hyper-charismatic NAR signs and wonders bandway will get a bunch of things that regular Christians just don't have. You've gone to a lot of services, conferences, and revival meetings so that you can get the anointing. And you've read a lot of anointed books. You've watched a lot of anointed TV and, and video presentations. And, and now you're supposed to have more, more blessings, more power, more prosperity, more confidence, more effectiveness, more intimacy with God. And on top of that, you've been taught to keep asking God for more because God's waiting to see how hungry and desperate you are before he does anything more. But admit it, you don't really have any more of those things. In fact, you probably have more questions, more confusion, and more doubts. You've heard these teachers prophesy about things that didn't come true at all. You've been promised things you did not receive. You sowed financial seeds into ministries with zero results. You've used the power of your words to claim things that you never got. You've been given prophetic words that basically were just cheap fortune telling tricks. You've been uh, told to speak things into existence with zero success, but you're afraid to say anything because you've been taught you've been making things worse if you start speaking about it. You've been told that God really, 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 really wants to make your dreams come true. Really? You were supposed to have something activated faith understanding miracles anointing but nothing actually happened nagging doubts are the only thing that got activated there was supposed to be a shift in the atmosphere but you're not even sure what that means you've been told about a gigantic new movement of the spirit of God that's right around the corner but you've been hearing that for a decade or two or for three now you've been told that being a Christian is all about finding your destiny so you can change the world how's that working out for you are you exhausted yet disillusioned yet you've been wondering why people on stage have all these amazing stories to tell but God doesn't have Done, done these things in your life what's wrong with me is a common thought of yours you've got a stack of books and or dvds that claim to give you the magic formula that leads to more but the only person selling those things got more was them more of your money and on top of these personal difficulties and inconsistencies you've watched men and women in this movement both the word of faith and the nar movement that are supposed to be great spiritual leaders but they prove to be just regular sinners with all their divorces their financial scandals confused teachings and the things that just get made up on the spot there are people who claim to have great power because they got built up in the holy spirit by speaking in gibberish and that they know the secret key to resist the devil and get radical results but let's be honest these people are just telling stories on stage they have little to no proof of all these so-called amazing things that they've claimed to have done all the miracles just mysteriously happen somewhere else and nobody takes a video quote it's a house of cards you've been tricked you've been sold a bill of goods you've been bamboozled it's about time you just move on and get back to the bible don't go beyond what is written we'll close after this
The Bible says, do not go beyond what is written or teach any different doctrine or devote yourself to myths and speculations. If anyone teaches a different doctrine that does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ, he's puffed up with conceit and understands nothing. Jesus. So he was born through Mary, the virgin, and then he was born again in resurrection. God gave me a Ferrari because I am a Ferrari. You're a Ferrari, too. Do you believe that only Christians can be in relationship with God? No, I believe that when Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, the way I read that, he's the road marker. God began to say to me, I'm going to tell you something right now, Beth. And boy, you rock this one down. And you say it as often as I give you utterance to say it. Every Christian who believes in the Trinity, that God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, co-equal, co-eternal, believes that because of the authority of the Catholic Church. God broke the law for love. Jesus said, My teaching is not mine, but his who sent me. If anyone's will is to do God's will, he will know whether the teaching is from God or whether I am speaking on my own authority. The one who speaks on his own authority seeks his own glory. But the one who seeks the glory of him who sent him is true, and in him there is no falsehood. The Bible has been written for our instruction that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we have hope. If you go beyond what is written, you're probably being a heretic. And that's the whole core of the charismatic movement. You say you follow the scripture, but you don't. Because you go outside of the scripture every time you say, I'm an apostle, I'm a prophet. God told me to tell you, I got a new revelation, a new word, a vision, and a dream, and it's all outside this book. You went beyond what was written. And what comes next is heresy. That's why this whole movement is flooded with so many false teachings, because you're outside the scripture beyond what is written. As one guy says, God has given you his word, read it and be free. And dare I say, safe from these hucksters and false teachers in the last days. Lord willing, next time we're going to wrap it up. The final section, music with Bethel, Hillsong, probably some other ones along the way, how they're using music to seduce people into this false teaching. Let's pray. Well, hi, this is Billy Crone of Get Life Ministries, and I hope you were blessed with this study. But in closing, let me ask you one final question. If you were to die today, are you sure that you go to heaven and not hell? Before you answer that, let me share a couple of things that the Bible says. Did you know that the Bible says that God is holy and that we are not? And the wages of our sin or unholiness is death. In other words, we deserve to die and go straight to hell and be separated from God for all eternity. This is the great cosmic dilemma. God who is holy and we are not, how can we have a relationship with Him? The two will never mix. Now, to make matters worse, we don't even want to admit this, even though God already knows He's God. And so God, out of love, gave us something called the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments were not something to just memorize or stick on your wall or give the appearance of being a religious person. The Ten Commandments were God's divine x-ray, if you will, into our heart and soul to reveal this truth that we need to admit. And that is this, that God is holy and that we are not. We are disqualified for heaven. So let's take a look at that divine x-ray that God's trying to get us to realize. Uh, The the Ten Commandments, the, the ninth one says, you shall not bear false witness. That's lying, okay? How many guys have ever told a lie? Raise your hand, okay? 
Well, if you didn't raise your hand, you just did. You just told a lie because we've all done that. Well, that makes us a liar. The, another Ten Commandments says that you shall not steal. Don't ever take anything without permission. How many of you guys uh, have ever done that? Well, you guys already said you're a bunch of liars. All of our hands should have went up on that one. And for being honest, God already knows. Folks, we've all taken something. We've stolen something, right? That makes us a thief. Another Ten Commandments says that you shall not use the Lord's name in vain. He's not just holy. Even his name is holy. Hey, folks, let's be honest. If you can believe it, even the name of Jesus Christ uh, has been turned into a common cuss word. Well, the Bible says that's a sin of blasphemy. Now we're a, a blasphemer. The Bible says you shall not commit adultery. And Jesus said, here's his standard. Uh, uh, even if you look at another person with lust in your eye, you committed adultery in your heart. Wow, so now we're an adulterer. The Bible says you shall not murder. And you might think, well, hey, at least I haven't done that one. Really? Again, the Bible says that the sin of hatred, wishing somebody was dead, okay, that, that's the same thing. Uh, it's akin to the sin of murder. It's just you pulled the trigger in your heart, but God sees the heart. Hey, folks, that's just five out of ten. How are you doing? You still think you're going to get to heaven on your own? You still think that you're qualified, that you're holy like God, and you could bridge the gap and have a relationship with Him forever? I don't think so. I mean, what did we just see? You're going to stand before God, and so am I. We all are. And we're going to have to give an account for who we are. Hey, hey, God, let me in. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a liar. I'm a thief. I'm a blasphemer. I'm an adulterer. I'm a murderer. And the scripture is very clear, folks. Such people as these will not inherit the kingdom of God. We're in trouble. But folks, here's the good news. The Bible says that if we would just admit that, that's the first step, to admit that God is holy, that I'm not, I'm disqualified for heaven, I need a Savior. If we would admit that and then ask for the Savior to save us. That, that's what God was doing with Jesus. God gave us His Son, Jesus Christ. He took the death penalty in our place so that we could be completely forgiven of everything we've ever done and be made holy through Jesus so that we can now have a relationship with God both here and now and forever in heaven. We can become qualified. You, the, the word that the Bible uses is a word called pardon, that God is willing to pardon us of all of our sins and crimes that we've committed against him and disqualified us that disqualified us for heaven, right? And we've actually seen this work in real life. Uh, for instance, uh, there's been people who have committed crimes, gone to court, the gavel's been passed, the judge has said, hey, listen, we all know you're guilty, uh, you even admit you're guilty, and uh, for your crimes, you're going to not just jail, you're going to uh, await in jail to go to the death penalty. And did you know that there actually is a way that somebody could get off of death row, it's called a pardon. The one in the authority, the governor, can grant what's called a pardon for that person's crimes, and they literally can go free. Not because of something they did, because the deeds are already done, you can't undo it. Not because of they tried to clean up their act while they were stuck in the jail cell, because that doesn't change anything. But simply out of mercy, the person who has the authority can give them a pardon, and they can go free. And did you know, it's actually on historical record, that there have been people who have been granted a pardon from the death penalty, and they've refused to take it. And so, even though the offer was there to be set free, they themselves still had to go to the death penalty. Folks, in a nutshell, that's what God's doing every single day with all of us this side of heaven. While you still have breath, you still have an opportunity to receive God's pardon. 
He's willing to forgive you of all your sins if you would just receive his pardon through Jesus Christ. Again, that's what he was doing on the cross. The cross was the death penalty of the day. But since we weren't there, and since we can't earn it, it's a gift from God, you have to receive that by faith. Reach out even today from your own spiritual jail cell, if you will, and say yes to Jesus and God's pardon so that you can be set free and go to heaven. The Bible says that if you will confess Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the grave, you will be saved. Hey, folks, if that's you, don't delay. You may not even have tomorrow. Today could be your last day. Please accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Confess with your mouth He is the Lord. Believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the grave, and the Bible says you will be saved. Well, this has been Billy Crone of Gill Life Ministries. If there's anything that we could do for you, our information and, and number will come up here shortly. And please don't hesitate to contact us. But remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless.